safe to say if you look outside or just spend some time outside today, it doesn't drive you into dreaming about a warm winter holiday. But let's be honest, winter's not over. As much as as we're enjoying this week or week and a half that we're going to get of reprieve, winter is not yet over. And a lot of people do capitalize on this time of the year to get away on a winter holiday. Sick of the cold, sick of the snow, just need to to break things up a little bit. And people think, okay, I'm going to hop on a flight, get out of here. But more and more, we're hearing stories about that quick flight turning into a nightmare. Cancelled flights, missed connections due to delays, weather problems, lost baggage. The list goes on and on. Issues with air travel they seem to be getting worse. I mean, we know through COVID it was bad, but it doesn't seem like it's ever recovered. And this is where you get into what your rights are as an air traveler. Just as an example, if a carrier has to call off a trip for reasons outside of its control, let's say severe weather, Canada's passenger rights charter requires it rebook passengers on its own planes or those of a partner airline within 48 hours. If they can't, they must put them on board the next available flight that is operated by any carrier to reach their destination. Not something I probably knew off the top of my head. Most people didn't. But I know someone who does. Gabor Lukacs is the founder and coordinator of the volunteer advocacy group Air Passenger Rights. And Gabor joins me now from Halifax. Thanks so much for taking our call. Good morning, Evan. Thank you very much. So before we even get into the the current situation, why did you start this advocacy group in the first place? You're the founder of this group. What drove you to make that decision? It was not a conscientious decision in a way. Uh, I have been traveling a lot uh, as an academic to conferences, as having family in Europe. I just have witnessed a lot of issues, not by myself simply, but even more by other passengers. And uh, I began to challenge what the airlines were doing legally. Challenge them before the Canadian Transportation Agency, sometimes in small claims courts, and it gradually grew into, in, into some kind of networking organization without me ever intending to do so or planning to do so. Air Passenger Rights was registered as a federally incorporated nonprofit only in 2019, because by that point it became clear that there is a really substantial problem and demand and, and many people are affected by it. Well, your enthusiasm for this topic is benefiting people all across Canada. So I'll thank you up front for doing it. By the way, 2019, that was good timing right before, uh, you know, a time when we knew we, uh, without knowing, we were going to be getting into probably some of the most complex air travel that we've seen in modern history. So if we look at the common issues with air travel right now, what are you hearing? What are some of the most standard problems people are having? I would say that uh, I'm hearing largely two types of problems. One is airlines' refusal to pay standardized compensation to passengers owed under their passenger protection regulations, and the airlines' refusal or failure to rebook passengers in accordance with their passenger protection regulations when their flight is delayed or cancelled. We're talking today with Gabor Lukacs, who's the founder and coordinator of the volunteer advocacy group Air Passenger Rights. Gabor, is there a consistency in how the rules are applied, or do we see that some airlines are much better at following those rights and rules for passengers than others? I would be inclined to believe that all airlines are 
close to equally bad at it. Perhaps so consistent, but bad. Consistent but bad is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, the source of the problem is the lack of enforcement by the federal government. The federal government is actually sabotaging their own passenger rights reforms. Just this past summer, for example, Parliament ordered the government, directed the government, to impose a cost recovery fee on the airlines for each complaint that ends up before the Canadian Transportation Agency where the airline was wrongfully uh, refusing to pay compensation to passengers. It was a very clever measure because right now now there is something like 65,000 complaints in the queue and uh, the airline's behavior is what is fueling that massive amount of complaints. Uh, But in spite of Parliament's decision and direction, the government is just sabotaging it. This uh, cost recovery fee has not been put in place, and they have not even began the consultation about a cost recovery fee. Well, we know that anytime there's rules that are not being enforced, you might as well say there's no rules because there's no repercussions. Gabor, I'm, I'm curious to know, let's, let's just throw out an example because I, this happened to a couple of people recently that I work with who I just was talking to because of weather problems. They were supposed to get out of a certain city on a Saturday. They can't fly because of weather, uh, weather. What are the rules? What should they expect happen? So uh, the first question is, is it a genuine weather issue? And I would not take it for granted. Of course, we do understand there can be major snowstorm here in Halifax. We have seen a few of those where you absolutely cannot drive, you cannot fly. But airlines sometimes like to overstate weather issues and blame it even for situations that, say, they let an airplane without a proper heating, and as a result, some pipes froze up. It, the freezing is due to weather, but it would have been perfectly preventable. But let's assume that it is really true to God, major snowstorm situation. In that case, the airline has to rebook you on the next available flight on its own network or partners if there is one departing within 48 hours of your original departure time. If no such flight is available, then the next available flight on any carrier, competitor or not, whichever one it is, even if it costs the airline money, it's a large carrier. They have to do that. Hmm. And and so, you know, I usually what the implication is, especially if people are just leaving on a vacation, is it cuts days out of their vacation. Sometimes it nullifies their ability to go on vacation at all. Is there any responsibility for someone who's booked a trip to Jamaica and now they've got to forfeit that? They're not going to go at all. Is Does the airline owning any responsibility financially for the trip? So if the passenger is unable to travel, always the passenger can seek a full refund in the original form of payment. If the flight is canceled for any reason that right exists, uh, the question is more about what happens with hotel booking at a destination. If it has been a package, then you can argue that uh, this was a form of uh, you know, frustration of contract and, and uh, there was no way for you to use the services there. Um, getting back the air freight is a no-brainer in such situations. It's more about other uh, out-of-pocket expenses that may be a question. As a general rule, if it was a true-to-God snowstorm that no airline was able to fly at that time, I don't see any reason why the airline should be liable for damages, although repaying you expenses that you paid, if it was a part of a vacation package, that would be reasonable and warranted. Gabor Lukics is my guest this morning, founder and coordinator of the volunteer advocacy group Air Passenger Rights. I found it interesting, Gabor, that you said, if they're telling you the truth. Through COVID, we saw lots of businesses blaming 
you know, prices being jacked up on supply chain issues. Did we see COVID as a scapegoat in the airline industry as well? Absolutely. As just a couple of days ago, the Nova Scotia uh, Small Claims Court released a judgment criticizing Air Canada for trying to use just that excuse for a flight cancellation. And uh, ironically, Air Canada put forward absolutely no evidence to support his position. So they they actually stonewalled um, a couple of ordinary Nova Scotian couple um, with no legal training or anything for a year and a half, motion after motion, trying to get a stay, trying to get an adjournment until actually the judgment came down, criticizing Air Canada for invoking this type of COVID excuse without any basis. You know, we we often will talk, Gabor, about the horror stories, uh, the ones that, you know, people come home and complain to coworkers and family about. Uh, are there good stories as well? Are there lots of, of examples where airlines understand the rules, understands a passenger's rights, and just automatically does the right thing? I'm assuming that happens a lot of the time. I don't know. I, I, you know, from where I am, from my vantage point, it's akin to living next to the cemetery. Uh, I'm only seeing the, the bad news. I'm only seeing the passengers who come with problems. What I can tell you is that based on a number of problems relating to rebooking, for example, the story that was uh, broken by um, uh, the Canadian press and then picked up by other media outlets about wedges systematically refusing to rebook passengers and competitors, we do see that it is not just a one-off. We do see that when, when on a single call that is put out by, by a reporter, there are dozens of people conducting their, that reporter. It is indicative that there is more than just a few minor problems relating to that specific issue. I'm curious to know, you, you talked a bit about the fact there are very, very few repercussions for airlines who don't follow the rules. Um, is, is this something that has historically been a problem? Or, or is this something yeah. that we we did quite well at one time, but current government is is slipping? Well, um, historically, there has been a decrease in the fines issued uh, since, I believe, 2013, 14-ish. I, I will need to look at the exact numbers. That was a time when the Harper government parachuted in uh, an airline lobbyist as the vice chair of the Canadian Transportation Agency. But things did not much improve under the current government either. Now at least they are pretending that they are enforcing the rules in the sense that there are some fines being issued for issues that um, are important to a small group of people, I would say very important, such as uh, there are some good serious fines for disability rights violations but not for the large commercial rip-offs, which is happening at a commercial scale by the airlines. So, for example, in the past four and a half years since the APPR has been in place, uh, only about $16,500 were issued in fines for airlines that broke the rules about rebooking passengers. And airlines are not doing that perfect of a job. So it's either turning a blind eye or being just so incompetent at the federal government level that they cannot even find those cases where the laws were and the rules were broken. Gabor Lukacs is the uh, guest that uh, joins me today, founder and coordinator of the volunteer advocacy group Air Passenger Rights. <laughs> we, we got a text that just came in, Gabor, as you and I are talking. Glenn says, your guest, Gabor, is the man. We had major flight issues years ago trying to connect to a cruise. We contacted him. He helped us walk through our rights in the process towards small claims court. We eventually got reimbursed, and we made a donation to Gabor's cause. So <laughs> there's a testimony right there, Gabor, to the work that you 
you do from someone in our province. Wow. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, it's, uh, but you know, people, when people are, are challenged with flight problems, it does seem like it's a David and Goliath fight, right? Because you've got this massive airline who even just trying to get someone to talk to you on the phone can be a challenge. Getting the right person is even a tougher challenge. And then of course, being confident enough in what your rights are to defend yourself. I think that's another part of it. So before I let you go, Gabor, where can people find the rules? Are they written down somewhere? You probably have a good reference spot for air travelers. Yes. So uh, the best source is going on CANLIE, it is spelled C-A-N-L-I-I, Canadian Legal Institute, and looking there up, the air passenger protection regulations. So if you just put in in Google Canly and APPR, it is going to come up. Uh, that is the actual text of the regulations. It's not just some bureaucrat talking about what the regulations say. It is actually the words of the regulations. We can also provide some help, some information in our Facebook group, the Air Passenger Rights Canada Facebook group. We also have guides on our website to some degree on airpassengerrights.ca. I would like to mention that because we are flooded with requests in our Facebook group, it is our policy that before someone can post in the group, they should be following us on Twitter and confirming the Twitter username. This is also a method we use for ensuring that bots and uh, various people who may want to disrupt the group are not able to join. Good plan. Gabor, this has been a great talk. Thanks so much for carving out a little time and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much for having me, Evan. Gabor Lukacs, the founder and coordinator of the volunteer advocacy group Air Passenger Rights. And uh, that was a great chat. We appreciate the work that he and his team do to advocate on behalf of you if you have a problem when it comes to air travel. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.